A fika is a very Swedish custom which basically means that you take a break from your activity to have a cup of coffee or tea and maybe eat something sweet. In Fika with us, we are inviting you to join us for a fika and listen to different topics regarding international student life at Linköping University. In this episode of Fika with us, we are joined by Mikael, Rebecca and Maria. We'll talk about plagiarism. It's a hard word, but very important. We'll talk about what it is, how to avoid it and how to really ensure that your academic writing is your own. My name is Priya. Let's start the fika. Hi, Mikael, Rebecca and Maria. Welcome to this Fika. Hello. 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 Hi. Um, So today we're going to talk about something which might be a bit sensitive, but I think it's also very, very important. It's about plagiarism. Uh, Not the easiest word to say, but we're going to figure out what it is. And Mikael, you work at the University Library. Yes. So you you'll be the expert on this, and Rebecca and Maria, you're students. So obviously, I'm going to ask your point of view as well. Um, so we'll just get down to it. Mikael, what is plagiarism? Well, there are <clears throat> there are different uh, definitions, but the most common and the most simple one is that plagiarism is when you present someone else's material as your own. Okay, so can you give us like? Yeah, that is quite simple. So we're done, I guess. No, uh, but can you give us some examples of how students plagiarize? And is it, I also want to ask you if it's a big problem. Yes, uh, I start with the first part of your question. Uh, yes, it's very interesting, actually, because when you say the first part um, to students, everyone always nod and everyone is in agreement that, yes, you cannot present someone else's material as your own. But if you look at uh, concrete examples of how students plagiarize, sometimes it becomes a little more fussy or hard to tell where uh, the line is drawn. And one common uh, type of plagiarism is when students are using all or part of their own work that was used in a previous assignment, in a new assignment, without reference in the source. And this is actually called self-plagiarism. Okay. And it's important that even if you use your own uh, previous text, you need to reference them in the same way you would reference the work of another person. And this sometimes can cause confusion confusion among students because they think, but it's my work, I can do whatever I want with it. And yeah, it's your work, but still you have to follow the uh, academic uh, rules and they state very clearly traditions that you need to uh, reference every source you are using, including your own text. I think that's quite good to know because I'm, I wasn't even aware of that. Not that I use my own text, but, you know, if I if I would. Yeah, and this is pretty common if you have uh, written a, a thesis, for example, on, on a bachelor thesis, for example, and then you, you're going to do a master thesis uh, that's going to build on the work you did in your bachelor thesis. Then you need to reference your bachelor thesis. You cannot just take the text from the bachelor thesis and put it in the master. So, But you, you need to use correct and proper referencing to do this. Okay. And my second question was, how how common do you, like is it? Yes, it's uh, actually it's it's pretty common. I don't have the statistic with me, uh, but I know unfortunately, especially during this pandemic, that uh, the numbers have unfortunately been going up. 
that uh, students tend to plagiarize more now during the pandemic. Uh, and uh, there might be many reasons to this. Uh, I don't have any facts, so I will not speculate. But uh, I know there is different uh, theories about why this is uh, the case. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask Rebecca and Marie. I'll start with you, Rebecca. Had you heard of plagiarism before you started studying? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I think the first time I came in contact with that word was still in, I think, elementary school. Because okay. up until that time, it was very common when we had to do like a little research homework the, the, that the teachers did to get us started on learning how to use the internet. Most people would end up just copying and pasting something off of Wikipedia or some other uh, website. And one, one of our teachers actually started to talk about uh, plagiarism and that it was not okay to just go on the internet and copy and paste something. We had to explain it with our own words and then say, oh, we took this information from this website or from this newspaper article or something like that. So I actually came in contact with it quite early, but I only learned how to do uh, proper academic writing when I was already in, in my bachelor's. Okay. Oh, well, that's good then, because then you, it's it's a good way to teach um, students from when they are young, because today you do write a lot of different assessments and things. Um, so, uh, Maria, what about you? Had you heard of it before you started studying? Actually, my story is a bit uh, interesting, because uh, when I was studying my uh, bachelor in Greece, I studied ancient Greek and modern uh, literature, Greek literature. Uh, we were doing a lot of things manually. Uh, when we were having some assignments, for example, we were writing them, of course, on the computer, but then we were uh, giving them uh, to the professor um, printed out. So back then, it was not so much a discussion about uh, plagiarism. After my studies in Greece, I have heard about it and I have taken an online course about academic writing through an um, open platform called Coursera.org, which really gave me a really good insight of what it is and how I can be aware of my writing from then on. And of mm -hmm. course, when I admitted in uh, Link Shopping University and uh, now uh, while I'm studying adventure studies, um, it's, it's a big discussion about it, and now I'm fully aware of it. Um, we are also like very careful. And uh, just to add on what Mikkel said about uh, how do we reference ourselves compared to previous assignments or something that we have said or worked on, um, it is a big discussion in our department as well. And I was surprised as well that I didn't know it, and it was very interesting concept of even our own words can be considered plagiarism. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to you, Mikael, and ask you, like, we, we know now that you can't use another author's text in your work um, just like that. But how can you do it? Like, how, um, how do I do it correctly if I want to use another author's text in, in my work without, like, being, without plagiarizing? Well, yes, uh, there are two ways, and the one way is uh, quoting or uh, citing. So if it's a shorter text, uh, for example, a smaller paragraph, you can enter the text as a quote in a thesis, for example, and it must be clear that it's a really a quote by writing the text within quotation marks, for example. Uh, and you can also, for example, italizing the text or making indentations in the left and right margin if you're making 
uh, more block uh, quotation, larger parts of text. And of course, and this is important, that a full reference to the original source, of course, must be provided. And it's also important to remember that making a to quote, you have to do that for a specific reason. You do it to question or discuss another author's work. You don't do it to save time. That's actually a, sometimes a bit of a problem that I hear from teachers that some students uh, they have trouble writing text of themselves and trying to earn some time. They quote large amount of text. We're talking about several pages here in their thesis, for example, and that's not allowed to do. You, you can't quote large part of text just because. You need, you need to take smaller amounts of text and you need to use it for some specific reason. Okay. So that's important to remember with quotations. You have to have a purpose for why you're quoting this specific part of the text. All right. The other way is uh, usually it's called paraphrasing in English. And it, it's important then to remember that it's not enough to rewrite single words or sentences like you should the tempus on a word, etc. It's the whole text that has to be processed and your understanding of it must be written in your own words. So I usually tell students that remember that you're authors yourself. You're going to write how you interpret how you understand the text you are writing. So that's why it has to be in your own words so the teacher can understand that you have understood what you're actually writing about. And of course, the same as with quoting, when you paraphrase, you need a full reference to the source. source. Okay. But what happens um, if a student plagiarizes something? Well, the first thing that happens if uh, a teacher uh, has a well-founded suspicion of plagiarism, they are obliged to contact the disciplinary board at Linköping University, and they will investigate further and decide whether the student is guilty of plagiarism. And students found guilty of plagiarism may be suspended from their studies at Liu. The most common shutdown period is one to two months. In extreme cases, a student can be suspended up to six months, but that's very, very rare. Uh, and of course, one thing that is very interesting here is that if a student is being cleared of charges for suspicion of plagiarism, their work, uh, the work, the text that they had uh, been accused of to plagiarize, uh, are probably still going to be failed by the teacher due to low quality. And because this is a question that many students have told me that they they have thought that if they pass uh, the disciplinary board, they get uh, a, a grade, a, a grade on the course. And I say no, the teacher will probably fail you anyway. So you have to make that distinguish uh, distinguish between. Uh, not be not have plagiarized and uh, passing the course. The board only decides if it's plagiarism. It's still the teacher who decides if you pass the course or not. So that's okay. important to remember. Yeah. Um, then I want to ask. Uh, I'll start with you, Maria. Like when you write a paper, do you actively think about how you use another author's text? Yes, exactly. Um, 
usually now when I'm writing a text, uh, I'm trying to uh, read the, um, the article uh, in depth and then to understand it very well. And I try to uh, explain it in other words or what is the essence or the main topic that this uh, author is discussing. And also uh, because uh, I am very uh, careful with how I would even paraphrase uh, this article or this information, there are some online tools that help me with plagiarism. So every time I write something, then I go into these uh, online tools and I check and I check again and again if the work that I have done is sufficient enough. Um, this is because it has happened to me in the past with an assignment I was using quite a lot of online resources and even though I was thinking that I paraphrased in a good way and that the assignment would be good enough, I got notified by my um, teacher that actually the um, check was quite high on plagiarism and I was super surprised. I failed, but then I realized that probably because it was online, the resources were online and then it was quite hard to... Um, adequately um, uh, paraphrase in the correct way, yeah. I, I kind of fell into the trap of not doing a good work. So now I'm very, very careful. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about you, Rebecca? Do you actively think about it? Uh, I would say both yes and no, because uh, my, my bachelor's degree was in biology and now I'm doing animal behavior. So I've been doing this for very, very, uh, quite a long time. And so at this point, it kind of just comes automatically to me that I always make sure that there is no text that is just copied and pasted without being properly referenced. And I remember one of my teachers once told me that direct quotation is generally frowned upon unless you really want to comment on a specific sentence from that author. So from a, as a starting point, I always try to not use quotations unless I'm trying to argue against or in favor of a specific uh, sentence mentioned by by that author, and so at this point, it's it's so automatic that even though I might take uh, little sentences from a paper I'm looking at, a journal article, but I always make sure to physically separate them in my word document, and then I will write in my own words and relate one paper to the next, and so the phrasing always ends up being very very different from the original article. And I think that is the, the best way to make sure that you never forget anything that you copied and pasted is yeah. to have it in very, very clear in your document when you're writing that uh, these were uh, just copied and pasted so you can do some brainstorming on it. But then there will be a section that is entirely written by you and you're, you're relating articles to other articles and you're talking about them and just making sure that it's your own words and you're not just explaining everything that's happening on the paper, you're interpreting it and you're trying to use that information towards whatever you, the article you're writing about is uh, wants to get out of it. Okay, very good tips from both of you. Um, back to you, Mikael. We've talked a lot about text. Uh, how about pictures? Can I copy a picture from another source uh, to my own student thesis and then just add a correct reference to the source in the picture caption or in the reference list? Uh, generally, no, you can't do this. And this is actually a thing that not only students are unaware of, even some teachers that I have met are unaware of this, that uh, using a correct reference means that you haven't plagiarized. 
but the picture is um, uh, most likely copyright protected by the publisher. So you must contact the publisher in order to get permission to reuse pictures in your pieces. So if, for example, if the figure, image or photograph is part of an article published in a commercial journal owned by one of the big academic publishers, one can usually easily apply for permission via, via a system called Right Link Service. This is a system used by all major uh, academic publishers. It's very easy there to just uh, submit your request and say that you're going to use it in a thesis. Uh, and then usually they give permission uh, and you get the answer within a few days. Okay. And how about um, figures and tables and charts and things like that? Yeah, that's uh, when it becomes really interesting because a small amount of scientific data can be reused in your own work without permission because otherwise you wouldn't be able to make a quotation without asking for permission. So if you give a complete and accurate reference uh, and you try to make a new form of the figure table or chart, it's possible for you to do it. So because it's the form that is protected of the figure. For example, if the figure is a bar chart, you can, for example, make it into a line chart and then use it in your work without violating the copyright with a proper reference, of course. Okay. But generally, one needs to make significant changes to the figure in order to avoid copyright infringement. Yeah. Um, Maria, uh, I want to ask you, I'm going to ask Rebecca as well, like, even though you know you've done everything right, uh, everything you've checked, you've double checked, you triple checked, and you kind of know, like, I've done everything right. Can you still be a bit concerned or scared that you've done it wrong anyway? That is a very good question. Um, I think, uh, yes. Uh, and no, at the same time, in the sense of um, I am always a bit insecure about my writing uh, because, of course, uh, we try to do our best when we write. But then again, uh, especially when it's a bigger project, like a thesis project, then um, I'm not that stressed because I know that my supervisor will also check on my text. And of course, supervisors have even more academic experience than me. So I kind of feel reassured that everything will go well. And of course, with the tools and the professional tools that uh, can be used to double check and triple check even in even more depth of how the text looks like or how it performs, then in the end, it ends up that I'm quite okay with what I have written. <laughs> yeah. So then it's a matter of context content like am I happy with what I have written or not? Yeah. Uh, how about you Rebecca? Um, yeah. I know it's a weird question but you know. I uh, would say I, I kind of agree with Maria. I think I, I don't really, I'm not, irrationally I'm not concerned because I know that my texts are written by myself and I am careful to make sure that the referencing is correct. But there's always that anxiety that, oh, but what if, what if I did something wrong? Or like, what if my text is like, the sentence is so generic that it's going to be picked up like by the plagiarism tool or anything like that. And so I think that anxiety is definitely still there. But um, there, you do have like online tools that you can use to check it before you submit it. And what those tools usually do, from what I understand, is that they are basically going to compare your text to a lot of resources that are public, uh, publicly available on the internet. 
And those are really, really good help to for you to make sure that uh, everything's fine and you, you can submit it without a struggle. But just like Maria said, a lot of teachers are very open to talk about this and to make sure that your text is okay as well. But basically, the principle is if you actually wrote the entire text yourself, and if you made sure that nothing is copied and pasted without being uh, a, a proper quote, then it, there should not be any, any problems. But I totally understand that there's some anxiety because being suspended or failing a class, like it is a source of anxiety. So it's, it's natural that we feel anxious about that. Uh, Mikael, does the university offer any courses on this, like so it, for those who, who don't really know about plagiarism? Well, you got me there, actually. I don't know any specific course. I know that there are some courses that you can take, and I know that uh, the university has a special uh, apart department that uh, works with academic uh, uh, writing, which are called Språkverkstan in Swedish. Yep. Uh, and I know that they give support in academic writing in English, for example, to the students. And I know at uh, the uh, technical faculty, uh, which I mostly teach at, they have this, uh, this course. It's an introduction course uh, that uh, is electable uh, for all students that uh, have a program at the technical faculty, uh, which is about introduction to university studies. And there, uh, the library uh, comes in with uh, part about the plagiarist referencing and uh, copyright. Uh, so that's what I'm aware of, but I'm sure there is uh, much more also on uh, other faculties as well. Yeah, and there, like they, uh, the students said, there are online courses and things that you can take as well. Um, speaking of copyright, um, I know when I studied, like books were very, um, uh, they weren't cheap, uh, so quite expensive to buy. Our students, and I know a lot of my classmates uh, copied whole books instead of buying them just to get the book. So are you allowed to copy or scan books and other copyrighted material? No, never. Uh, you may never copy an entire book that's not allowed, uh, not even as a private individual. Uh, based on Swedish higher institutions agreement with bonus copyright access, students and employees at LIU can copy or scan and share 15%, but not more than 15 pages of printed or digital material. Uh, so that's important to remember, and that actually sometimes can get us in the library into comic situation when students and teachers are not aware of this, because we can get questioned as if there is, we, for example, there is a book in another library and we don't have it and the book is in print, they can ask, can't you just scan it and send it? <laughs> and we like, no, we are not allowed to scan books because that would violate the copyright rules. Um, as a as a as a state government, uh, part of the state, uh, Swedish government, uh, yeah. we need to follow those rules. <laughs> so we are not allowed <laughs> yeah. to do that. But uh, even students are, are are not allowed to do that. Even though, of course, we are aware that that happens. But it's important to know of the rules. Uh, but you are allowed to do fifteen percent and up to fifteen pages, and even eighteen pages if you need three more pages to fill up the chapter. And that's actually used by teacher, for example, if they're going to share a chapter, uh, article, for example, 
uh, in in the course room of Lisa. They can put it up there, and it's it's, it's totally fine. Okay. Um, just one last question for you then. Uh, how do I cite a source that I have found in another source? Yes, uh, secondary referencing or secondary sources. This is one of the most common questions that we get uh, at the library. And we usually try to tell students that it's a little like with quotation. Try as much as possible to avoid using secondary sources because of the risk of alter, alteration uh, of the original text. If there is no other al uh, alternative, uh, like please discuss it with your supervisor first, but if you do it in the body of the text, specify the primary source, but reference the secondary source. And in the bibliography, in your reference list, only reference the secondary source because that's the one you have been using. Okay. Um, one last question to you then also, Rebecca and Maria. Um, you're international students. So have you like is the view on plagiarism different in Sweden than in your home country you think like Maria you're from Greece is it is it different like from what you're used to yeah, uh, in fact, I would say that no, and especially um, um, nowadays, because uh, uh, when I studied, I, it goes back some years, and yeah. also it was a theoretical school and a bit uh, of um, old-fashioned traditional school that I had to hang in the assignments, uh, as I said, printed out. Uh, but of course, as the years go by and things progress, I think that the situation is more or less at the moment in the same um, way as in Sweden. Okay, and how about you, Rebecca? Yeah, I would say it's fairly similar. Obviously, plagiarism is not accepted. I would say, however, that uh, what I've noticed here in Liu is that you have a lot more resources available, um, especially like, for example, as, as Mikkel mentioned, the, the faculty offers different, not workshops, but uh, talks about plagiarism and how to avoid it. And uh, the library also offers some um, some little workshops on referencing. And so I think the, the conversation is a lot more open, even though it, it's I would say it's equally uh, unaccepted. And yeah, some of our teachers as well, they, they um, ask us to submit our assignments both to them for, um, for grading, but also to the plagiarism software so that uh, it can be scanned and that you then they can get checked for plagiarism so i would say it's it's fairly similar in that sense okay um so mikael maria and rebecca thank you very much for talking to me and sharing your insights on this uh i hope you enjoyed this fika as much as i did even like plagiarism that's it's it's a it's a very important subject so thank you very much thank you very much thank you thank you thank you You have listened to Fika with us with me, Priya, and this episode's guests, Mikkel, Rebecca and Maria. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Linköping University on both Instagram and Facebook. We hope you enjoyed today's talk and hope you join us for Fika soon again.